Welcome one and all, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between. This is and the podcast will rock. We are the show that dives into the discography, the catalog of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. And if you are not new to the show, you already know what the what the well, you already know what it's about. So thank you for coming along with us again. If you're new here, welcome and let me introduce my Myself. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Kamayer, but with me as always from the great white north, Corey Morissette. I hear, Corey, it's warmer. It is warmer. Uh, things are melting. It would be in the uh, 40s uh, for you folks in, in, in America. And I hear you guys are even talking about uh, uh, finally outlawing uh, daylight savings time. Boy, that would be good. I really wish we, we would. I uh, wasn't formed earlier actually that arizona has long since put that away like they're done they're they're done with daylight savings time and i went i didn't realize we could do that can can we just do that please get rid that. of it it's yeah. it's stupid i i hate daylight savings time it's, it's it's we're finally in the the point to where i believe uh uh the days are running the way they should with a little bit more light in the evening uh, uh and it's dark in the morning cool i'm great with that i love it I hate when it gets dark at 5 p.m. and you can't see and it's midnight and like, look, I don't know. We're not doing this. Uh, It's not my favorite time of year. So we're finally in it. Spring forward and keep it there. That's my vote anyway. You know, I got to say, Mark, uh, here in Saskatchewan, and I I won't talk too much about Canada. I know we got one comment saying no one gives a fuck about Canada. And I I, I hear you. It's just this is the only time of the week. about Canada. Thank you, Mark. But this is the only time of the week you and I get to chat. So uh, exactly. yeah, we, we hit record and we chat a little bit and I'm sorry that most people find it boring and like get to the fucking song. But uh, you know, we, we don't change time here in Saskatchewan. So I'd be very happy if you guys, uh, you know, pick a time and stick with it because this whole switching <laughs> clock things, I'm sure must be a real pain in the ass. It is. You got to change every single clock because if <laughs> one clock is off, then, then your whole day is ruined because you're going to believe like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm early to my thing that I'm supposed to be at at this time and realize, no, you are very late. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pain in the ass. I hate doing it. I hate worrying about it. Uh, thankfully my smartphone is so smart that it's like, okay, we'll fix it for you dummy. So that you don't forget. And Thank you, know what? you smartphone. And, and you know what happened, Mark is I fucked up the time we were supposed to record because, okay, Mark's not on my time now. So I'm getting ready <laughs> to go here at like seven o'clock and I'm waiting for Mark. I'm like, Oh wait, it's eight o'clock his time now. So <laughs> this whole thing is fucking me up now. And I don't like it. See? Change it. No. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's time to change it because uh, now our livelihood is at stake. So, but you know, what's not going to change about this show. We're never going to change talking about Van Halen because that is what the show is all about. That is what we do. We discuss the show. Uh, we discuss their songs, their music, because we are just humble fans. We're not experts. We're not, not historians. Oh, We're God, just no. fans. No, we're just fans and we like the music and we like talking about it. We are rediscovering the uh, the beauty and the art in this incredible rock band that we are already familiar with, but we are re-familiarizing ourselves with it. That's all it is. Exactly. And uh, something pretty amazing happened, Mark, last week, and that is uh, the Van Halen News Desk, which is like the go-to for Van Halen information in the world. Um, oh, yeah. inexplicably did a story on us and they, they mentioned the podcast. Eric Senich is, is the writer 
Um, and he does one of the best rock and roll podcasts out there called Booked on Rock. And he does an interview with, I believe it was Paul Brannigan uh, in his new book, Eruption, which is maybe my favorite podcast I've heard in the last like 10 years. Like he, just an amazing interview, but I digress. Uh, they did a story on us and we saw our numbers, Mark, go from, hey, we're doing all right to holy fuck. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> on the Apple iTunes charts, you know, we're all, you know, we, we would chart in America and Canada and Great Britain. Oh, this is kind of cool. We actually hit some sort of chart. We hit number four on on apple somehow and when you think of a guy like five fuck like eddie trunk does a show and he was in the 20s and it's like how the hell are we this high up it's because van halen has a shit ton of fans obviously they're one of the best bands of all time but a lot of those fans or a good portion of them are really diehard know their shit fans right and they're listening to our show Mm -hmm. and they think we're a couple of fuckheads because we're we're we're, we're getting a bunch of stuff wrong and 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 i get that and i'm sorry and i I just want to say if you're one of those diehard fans who knows everything, uh, God bless you. I love you. This probably isn't the show for you because this is two fans <laughs> who don't know everything about Van Halen, who are just trying to rediscover the discography. And we're learning so much about Van Halen. I know one guy was like, get your fucking facts straight. They're not hidden anywhere. And I'm like, I know I'm reading the books. I read running with the devil. I'm reading Van Halen rising. I read the Van Halen news desk. There, there's so many great resources out there and, and I am learning. And if, and if we get stuff wrong, I apologize. That, that, that is not our intention. You know, I, I, I think it's fun to speculate on David Lee Roth watching big trouble in little China when, when he was writing Chinatown <laughs> and things like that, I mean, because it's fun, but we're, we're just, you know, fans rediscovering this band. And I think a lot of people who have been giving positive comments are like us, Mark, and that, you know, mm-hmm. their fans are like, hey, you know what? I haven't listened to that stuff in a long time. And I'm rediscovering the band with you guys and going on this journey of listening through every song in the discography, which I think is amazing. But if mm-hmm. if you're looking for hardcore facts, this is not the show for you, but it might be coming up because Eric Senich, the guy who wrote that article for Van Halen and the News Desk, I've been chatting with them. He wants to come on the show. He wants to spin the wheel of rock and then pull up a song. And I guarantee you, he's going to get every fact right. So that'll be the show for those people. (laughs) For for all the guys who are rediscovering Van Halen and going on the journey. And there's a lot of them. God bless you. Thank you. Keep, keep, keep tuning in and we'll go on this ride together. We're going to have a hell of a good time. If you're looking for the facts, you're looking for the history, uh, all accurate, look no further from that show. We can't wait for Eric to come on. That's, that is so cool. That is awesome. Thank you, Eric. Uh, and I can't wait to hear what the comments are after that. It's like, I know you got an expert and a historian, but here's where he messed up. And like, okay, <laughs> We're, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do I, that. I guarantee uh, you, Eric will not mess up anything. <laughs> the, the the jokes on the haters though because little did they know i actually have my phd in rock and roll uh haha fact check that anywho now that that's out of the way uh we're well let's get down to the nitty-gritty you know you, you come here sometimes to listen to us chit chat uh we had some very very nice comments about our chemistry we do have good chemistry you and i we are kindred spirits. Uh, but uh, what you really come here for is uh, the Van Halen. I know that. That's why we're here. That's what we're here to do. Um, I guess uh, <laughs> you, you told me something funny, Corey. People didn't believe that our wheel of songs was real. I, I hear this from a few and- people. like Because uh, last week uh, after uh, I, I released a, the, the tweet with, with, with the show, we, we uh, drew DOA and then we did Spanish Fly. Uh, which was the track right before DOA on Van Halen 2. And a lot of people were like, you know, private messaging me saying, wait, there's actually a wheel? And I, I think people thought that we just made that up, that, you know, that either we were drawing random some other way or we we actually have a plan of which songs are going to come out which week, and we don't. 
we don't prep fuck all and all the haters are going to tell you because we don't know our shit and we sound like idiots a lot of the time that's why because we don't really prep anything but there is actually a wheel the wheel of rock is real um there's still 101 tracks on it i know we have more songs i'm probably missing a few i actually went through i thought i had them all but the instrumentals are not on there we're just going to kind of add those uh whenever we draw a, a track that that's kind of close to it on the album uh, so we're still over 100 tracks on the wheel but it's a very real thing and it's been very much in love with david lee roth uh the first oh, yeah. <laughs> 17 episodes of the show we've only had two uh, sammy tracks one i didn't think was very good the other one i really liked so and one gary track uh which yeah. neither you or i were a fan of the rest which, has been which, all you know yeah the the less said about uh, that track the better uh but i am still curious to hear how the rest of that album goes um you know, no diss to you, Gary. We love you, but uh, oh, Gary's awesome, absolutely awesome. And actually, little piece of Van Halen news came out this week, uh, Mark. If you want to oh. hear it, um, yes, I do. In a new interview, um, it, it came out that Eddie Van Halen had actually actually asked Daryl Hall to join Van Halen. No. Uh, Daryl Hall, of course, from Hall and Oates. Uh, oh. I'll, I'll read you the exact uh, quote here. Uh, Eddie said, "Do you want to join Van Halen, man?" He was half joking, but I think he was serious. I really do believe he was serious. I took it seriously. I went, meh, I think not. I think I've got my own shit going on. So, so that was from Daryl Hall. Now, uh, I, I love me some 80s music, and I love Hall and Oates, so I'm sitting there thinking, man, that might have been pretty bloody cool to have Daryl Hall singing with Van Halen. I mean, look, I am quite familiar with Hall and Oates' uh, uh, catalog because I have uh, parents who love that band, <laughs> so I have heard them quite a lot over the years. That being said, I, I am well aware of what Daryl Hall can do, or at least what he's demonstrated for us in his music over the years. I don't know if Van Halen would have. I think, I think Van Halen was a little bit too hard for him. Just in the sense of, uh, yeah, yeah, and I know, and I don't know what some of you are thinking. It's like, well, Van Halen didn't have you know all hard songs. You're right. Some of the best songs they have are uh, just the simple rock ballads that weren't very hard, but the lyrics were hard and, uh, and the power in the voice was hard because they were sung by Sammy Hagar. Uh, you know, but I digress. I don't know that I could see Daryl Hall singing. What would you even call that? Would you call him a Van Hollen? Van Holland, I like that. No, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah. I see. I, I'm in the camp of I could see it. I, I think Daryl Hall is a great vocalist. Obviously, tremendously talented. Holland Oates is a is a is a class act. Actually, I continue reading this article again by our Brent, our friend Eric Sedich from the Van Halen News Desk. Where uh, uh, another quote to Daryl Hall. Apparently, the synth riff from 1981's "Kiss on My List" inspired Jump that Eddie Van Halen told Daryl Hall that, and I totally see that. That That makes sense. I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, that's, (laughs) that's so funny. And yeah, and and I'm not, uh, I'm not dissing Daryl Hall as a musician whatsoever. Uh, if you haven't checked out Daryl Hall's, uh, I believe it's his, it's called Daryl Hall's place. So it was on YouTube. It's Um, something like that. Yeah. I know. I I watched one of the house. Yeah. Billy Gibbons was um, on doing some ZZ top tracks. It was great. A lot of really great musicians, uh, but I, my favorite session that I saw uh, from these videos was when Kenny Loggins showed up. Oh, nice! And uh, yeah, they did like 
anything you can think of that oh k logs is famous for they <laughs> did a variation of it oh so good so good but this is not the kenny loggins podcast this is we not gotta start one Darryl. i want to do a kenny loggins podcast i mean now. look we could i just feel like there's a ton of yacht rockers out there that are probably <laughs> already hard at work with it but uh and it's not the daryl hall podcast because unfortunately he turned down the opportunity to sing for van halen that's so, right whoops but Corey, is there a specific song or album that you want to manifest for uh this show for today's show the the post saint patrick's day celebration uh what what song do you want to hear gosh you know i've been i've been screaming for sammy songs forever here and we're just not getting them uh, i may try a little uh, reverse psychology again uh, i love you some david lee roth uh we've had a, a few great like classic tracks from van halen too uh, you know, maybe give me something else from Van Halen one. I know we've done a couple of tracks off there, but give me like OG stuff because I'm reading Van Halen rising, uh, by Greg Renoff. One of the absolute best, not just Van Halen books of all time, the best rock biographies of all time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. The, the, the tremendous book. I can't wait to read his book on Ted Templeman, actually Van Halen producer. So oh, that'd uh, be great. I, I, I'm going to try a little reverse psychology. If we got, if we got something, Sammy Hagar, great. If not, I would love to hear me some Van Halen one tonight. How about you, Mark? I've been manifesting a particular song for the past, let's see, since Saturday. So almost a week, almost a whole week, I've been just just itching for a particular track because of uh, something that happened during the weekend. I got, okay, I need to hear this song. I need to hear it. And it is a Sammy track. So let's just uh, keep manifesting the sammy i'm just like i just have a feeling this is sammy's week um but maybe uh maybe i should have gone your route maybe i should have gone full reverse psychology i don't know but i'm just gonna go for broke give me the sammy tune that i need now can you give us a hint what album is it from i'll give you a better hint it's it's a song on a soundtrack for a very famous movie oh i know i would love that song love Mm -hmm. that song a lot of tornadoes this weekend, Mark. Is that what you're kind of alluding to? Funny enough, uh, we had one day where it snowed a lot, and then by the end of the day, the snow had melted because it got a little too warm. So at any moment now, I am anticipating yet another tornado, and uh, I'm not excited by that. Um, I understand the joke that you're making, but at the same time, it's like, yes, but. <laughs> yeah, let, let's not actually have it. But Mark, I, I, I can hear the people yelling, get to the fucking song, so let's do it. Really? Oh, it's not enough oh. from Valve. I thought we were going to get Ain't Talking About Love. That was the I next thought so, song. too. Oh, oh, we're not so enough. Close. We're getting a balance track. So it is a Sammy track uh, from is. the last album he ever did with Van Halen. All right. Well, I guess that's the best we can hope for. We uh, we manifested some Sammy. So here we are. And you know what? Uh, nothing wrong with that. I don't really remember the no. song. Again, we're, we're not Van Halen experts. Uh, balance is not an album I listened a, a ton of. Uh, back in 95, I did quite a bit. Um, actually the big hit off that album was can't stop loving you, which I, I love. Like it's, oh, yeah. it, it, it's kind of one of my favorite Sammy tracks. And I know a lot of Van Halen purists probably won't be real happy with me, but, uh, it's one I really like. but, uh, not enough, uh, was actually released as a single, uh, July 18th, 1995. But, um, you know, it's one that I probably haven't listened to in a good decade. So I'm really looking forward to giving it a spin here today. 
Absolutely. And this is not one that I uh, put on rotation constantly. Not of all the Van Halen albums, it's definitely not this one. I, but I will say that I am familiar with this track. And so I, I'll be very curious to kind of hear it uh, under sort of the analytical ear because I've never really done that with this track before. It's never been one of those where I just go, let me hear this again. Let me hear this again. Let me hear what he's saying. Do it again. It's like, no, but I'm familiar with it. Uh, yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, kind of just dive into it with these new fresh, uh, pers- you know, perspectives that we have for the show. Exactly. And actually, uh, Mark, there was a, uh, an instrumental that precedes uh, not enough on balance. So, uh, kind of keeping uh, with our uh, our theory here, uh, maybe we should listen to uh, "Strung Out," which is a minute thirty long. It's the in- instrumental before uh, "Not Enough." What do you say? Ah, so we give the people yet another twofer. That's right, two in a row, twofer, two in a row. Well, how that. about that? Well, you're All in right. for a treat, and this maybe this will cure your uh, post St. Patty's Day hangovers, or maybe it'll make it worse. We don't know, but. We're glad you're here taking the journey with us. So, yeah, let's do this, Corey. All right. It's great because the first instrumental we did was Eruption, which is one of the most famous, uh, you know, guitar solos really of all time. Uh, Uh And then we went to Spanish Fly last week, which was the lead in the DOA, that nice flamenco guitar, uh, acoustic guitar that sounded like, and again, this isn't a fact. We're speculating. Maybe he did it in one take. That's kind of how it sounded. And it's absolutely amazing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't recall strung out at all. So I'm really looking forward to this. Let's give it a listen. Let's do it. Well, that was a thing, Mark. Well, it did its job. Uh, it's it's called Strung Out, and it's very uh, uh, on-the-nose title because uh, at one point it sounds like uh, the piano strings were just completely you know, cut off or the, uh, the guitar strings from, a, from an acoustic guitar were sort of flinging out all over the place. But so I get – and also it, it invokes a feeling of, be, of uncomfortable sort of anxiety – uh, the little creepy, eerie music underneath didn't do it any favors as well. So Strung Out is aptly titled. I was not prepared for the beginning with the prepared piano 
uh sort of thing where it just sounds like you're he's knocking on steel pipes that whole time but really he's just playing piano and it's done a certain way you piano experts out there you can explain a lot better than i can all i know is i am not fond of that sound (laughs) and maybe you're not supposed to be uh no. It sounded very much like uh, the refrain from a horror movie. I thought Jason was going to pop out of my living room here and with machete and try and cut my fucking head off. But it very much reminded me of kind of a, uh, you know, the the score of a horror movie. Uh, so in that mm-hmm. context, I, I thought it worked quite well. It did. I wonder if that uh, that particular uh, underneath you know, dark, ominous tone, like strength. Uh, uh, I wonder if that was a sample from a horror flick or something like that. It kind of sounded a wee bit familiar at first. I almost thought it was part of the Halloween score, but it's not, but it sounds like it could have been. Uh, And then you got everything else on top of it, which just made it more uncomfortable. And it's no wonder Corey that you're not familiar with this track. Uh, I would venture a guess people that love this album probably don't uh, have fond memories over it. Yeah. uh, Of the instrumentals we've heard. And again, we're, we're fans who are just kind of rediscovering the discography. We're not experts. I, I don't know what, what the background for, for putting this on here was. Uh, but uh, as you notice, uh, it kind of cuts off kind of abruptly there because it's going to lead into Not Enough, which is the, the mm-hmm. song that we spun this week. So I'm interested to see how we transition from that kind of scary horror movie type vibe uh, into the, this song. Uh, this is going to be really interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Should we start spinning Not Enough? I mean, we might as well. We need a palate cleanser after that. (laughs) All right, here we go. Not enough from Balance. Well, that piano already sounds a heck of a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) They had they had to give you the the destroyed piano before you saw the beauty within. Uh, I, I kind of like that. And, and I'm sure there's meaning behind it that we don't know, but just uh, as a, you know, with fresh ears listening to it, you know, you kind of go from that kind of extreme kind of coming at you to this nice little piano medley. Uh, you know, it, it kind of worked for me. Mm. All right. Let's oh yeah. It's real. definitely, definitely good. I recall this song now. Uh, th- mm-hmm. th- this was, uh, I remember this being a, a, a single back in, in 1995 and very much kind of classic Sammy Hagar sounding uh, Van Halen, especially when it, when, it, when it comes to Bell. You got that really nice piano. Sammy, mm-hmm. as always, sounds great. And uh, yeah, the, the, you know, once I heard it, uh, this definitely triggered a memory in me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not, uh, and it's not even giving you the sense that it's a Van Halen song at all. Uh, this very well, if you if you knew nothing about this song, you just knew it was called Not Enough, and you started playing it, and you knew Sammy Hagar was singing it, you'd probably think, at least from the first 42 seconds so far, you'd probably think it was just one of his solo ventures. Yeah, and exactly. you wouldn't be blamed for that, because it definitely, at first, does not sound like uh, the Van Halen-isms. But uh, yeah, I... 
I, I enjoy the, uh, the contrast so far, even with the instrumental strung out to leading into this. Uh, and then I'm sure what is to come. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. before we get rolling here this sounds like this would have been a huge single in the late 80s mm -hmm. kind of early 90s by 95 was it, was it maybe a little too late for a track like this 95 uh yes and no uh no in the sense that oh it definitely could have come out still in 95 but yes in the sense of nobody would have heard it because everyone was too busy listening to what was actually happening in the scene uh a la uh, grunge and the 90s alternative wave all that jazz and uh yeah this song just would not have found a place also i didn't realize we were listening to uh essentially night ranger it, it, it does <laughs> at least that's kinda, the vibes i'm getting <laughs> yeah it, it's very much kind of four in the morning uh, uh night ranger yeah the, a good comparison but uh, i just couldn't help but thinking if this had came out in 89 th this would have been one of the biggest songs of the year oh i agree it would have, it, it would have, uh, and and no offense to the to the diehard fans, but it would have kicked uh, "Home Sweet Home" by Motley Crue's ass. Ooh, big statement there. And no offense to Night yeah, Ranger yeah, fans. Yeah, said it. Uh, uh, <laughs> like true. me some Night Ranger too, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, great ballad. But yeah, ninety-five. You know, just maybe a couple years too late. Yeah. Well, I thought that sounded uh, pretty good. I like it when there the song it ramped up there. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's uh, as, as soon as the other boys come in, it's you get the tone of Eddie's guitar. Uh, you even got Michael doing his thing, um, which is nice. It's always nice to hear Michael actually yes. let them letting Michael do his thing. And then Sammy gets to expand a little bit more and uh, bring out that familiar vocal style that, that you know he can do. Um, yeah. Now it sounds like a Van Halen ballad to me. You know, and this week, a bunch of lists came out. Uh, Rolling Stone readers picked their top 10 vocalists or like uh, lead singers of all time. Not frontmen, lead singers. And, and Sammy Hagar was on that list. And I'm like, geez, shouldn't he kind of be, though? Like, the, the guy's got tremendous pipes. And his, you know, when he led Van Halen, was one of their most, you know, was their success, most successful, you could say, arguably, uh, era of the band and, and tremendous songs. But tremendous vocalist I, I would think he would be top 10 or at least close to it wouldn't you uh yeah and him not being on that list would be a sham it's like that list is a sham and it was a sham because there was no uh 
no no uh, artist of color uh, there, even though we've had some tremendous vocalists like that, and uh, no women oh, either. See. Yeah, so so it's, like, so it's a bias list as well. <laughs> how, how do you do a top ten lead singers of all time and not have Ann Wilson on there? Right, I mean among among many, Stevie I would. Nicks. There are Stevie so Nicks. many Stevie Nicks up in there. Hell, this is just me, but I put Taylor Dane on the list. But you know that that's just me. I know a lot of people would be like, "Who? Like Taylor Dane? Come on, like, <laughs> that woman could wail." But I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, dare I even ask what their number one pick was? Oh geez, I'll, I'll I'll try to look that up. I I know you know Freddie Mercury was on there, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. uh, guys like that. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll look that up as the song keeps playing here. I, I don't recall offhand. Okay. All right, Mark, kind of a, a different tone on that guitar solo, wasn't it? I mean, it, but it still felt like Eddie. Um, and this is another example of, uh, we say it on the show all the time, but it's true. This is Eddie playing a solo that fits the song. He's not going, I mean, he is going a little ham on this solo a little bit, but I mean, it, again, are you really mad at it? Because it's Eddie. It, you have to expect a, a guitar a virtuoso as himself is going to do that from time to time. But even so, even with uh, as sort of as kind of, I don't even want to say over the top. I would just say like, even as sort of rambunctious as the solo can appear, it still fits the song. It still absolutely does not feel out of place. It just feels like, Eddie knows exactly uh, what lane he's in, but now he's going to utilize every trick he can whilst staying in that lane. Um, if that makes any sense whatsoever. But yeah, I, Ooh, I really enjoy that solo because it's not, it's, it's not uh, eruption level like fire, but what it is, is just, it's just a nice, Pretend the song is 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 uh, uh, the sea and you're on a boat and here come some waves, not big, humongous waves that's going to topple you, just some waves to give uh, your boat a nice little rock so that uh, now you're yacht rocking. Now, I, I got a question for you, Mark. I was doing a little reading yeah. here on, on Not Enough. 
And uh, one little tidbit from the song was that Michael Anthony uh, was playing fretless bass for the first time on record. Um, mm, nice. Yeah. How does that uh, alter uh, things, knowing that it's a fretless bass as opposed to a, a fretted bass? Well, basically, you're not going to get any sort of buzzing in your fret, in the fretboard. Uh, a lot of times when you're playing the stringed instrument uh, and your fingers are placed on the frets, uh, you're going to have some buzzing just because of the vibrations in the string hitting the wood. Uh, that that just happens. Now, there are ways to prevent this buzzing from occurring uh, most of the time, but in any... You're, you're going to still hear it from time to time, depending on where your hand placement on the fret is. With a fretless bass, no buzzing, especially if you know where to go. That, that's the problem, uh, or at least that's the trick with playing a fretless bass. You have to know exactly where your notes are. It's almost like uh, being a cellist or a violinist. Mm -hmm. They don't have frets on the necks of their instruments, so they, actually, they have to know exactly where their finger placement needs to be in order to hit the note clearly. So kudos to Michael. Um, another famous bass player that played fretless bass uh, quite often, Sting. Gotcha. And uh, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, about this song in, in general, but especially about that solo, Bruce Fairbairn uh, produced this album. And he had done some huge albums through the 80s uh, and 90s, including like, uh, you know, a lot of stuff for Bon Jovi uh, and Aerosmith and that kind of stuff. There, there was a great quote uh, from uh, Sammy Hagar's autobiography that I wanted to read to you. It says, uh, quote, we were making the balance record, but it was over for Van Halen. If it wasn't for producer Bruce Fairbairn, we never would have finished that record. I knew they were trying to get rid of me. Eddie was trying to make me quit. He would find something wrong with every lyric I'd write. <laughs> it seems like there's a pattern here somewhat. Um, you know, and that's not, that's not me... Uh, pointing fingers or having a slight against any member of the band, but there seems to be a pattern uh, with uh, band members and their vocalists in this band. Uh, and then sometimes uh, band members and other instrumentalists as well. I, it just, I'll just go ahead and say it. It seems like there's a pattern with uh, the Van Halen brothers and the other members. It seems like there's a pattern of them. Uh, I guess maybe they just, got sick of each other. I don't know. It, they're just, there's just, uh, seems to be a tension that happens quite frequently. In and these Sam, eras. Sammy Hagar kind of alluded to that in his autobiography that they're just kind of getting sick of each other. But I think this sounds like a, this doesn't sound like a band imploding to me. Uh, you know, this is a very well-produced, well-played, uh, track, well-written track. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I'm you know, a lot of great elements to this song. The guitar solo was great. The band sounds fantastic vocals are on point um so if this is bruce fairbairn kind of patching the band back together to make this record he did an amazing job maybe that's a kind of an allusion to uh the record uh cover itself because oh. we notice uh it's a kind of a it looks a bit like a siamese uh cupid uh just you know two-headed little cupid there but they're split in the middle so it's like almost like uh, they're trying to get away but they're still connected and i don't know maybe and maybe i'm just reading too much into that i don't know i'm not an expert on album covers all i can say is that's what uh, based on the story you just told me and based on what the record cover looks like maybe there's a correlation i don't know maybe we'll have to ask eric when when he's on the show uh in yeah he's an expert absolutely he he will know for a fact uh, we don't know. We're, we're just kind of we speculating on what the little we know about the band in, in this song, but 
so far, I got to tell you, this doesn't sound like a band, you know, fighting with each other. It, it sounds very cohesive, and uh, I'm really kind of enjoying mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. All right, we got a minute 35 left. Let's go. And if it don't come easily, one thing you must believe, you can always have trust in me. Cause my heart will always be yours honestly. This sounds so much like a Sammy solo track, doesn't it? Like, especially in those areas really <laughs> before the band kicks in, like you expect this from like Iron Eagle. You know, remember he did a song yeah. on the Iron Eagle soundtrack. This sounds like one of his soundtrack songs. It sounds like that. It sounds like he's, uh, <laughs> or maybe he's singing lead vocals for a different band, uh, Night <laughs> Ranger. Uh, <laughs> like, but uh, no, you're you're right. It, it absolutely feels like it fits uh, somewhere else, and but not here. And yet, Everything that's happening is working. At least for me, it is. Absolutely. Now the band is ramping back up. So we get some good Van Halen goodness here. I, I can predict. Not Enough from 1995's Balance, the last full album that the band would put out with Sammy Hagar on lead vocals. Uh, Mark, your thoughts? Well, if we're just going to jump right on into it... I'll be honest, I was lukewarm going into it uh because uh, again i am familiar with this song it's been a long time since i've listened to it but i knew it was uh more of their slower sort of ballads here Uh, but i never really paid attention to the lyrics i certainly didn't know uh any background on the song or the record uh that much when i listened to it and and i guess i just what we do on this show all the time. We listen to these songs and we come to it with an, uh, sort of an analytical ear. We listen to it a little bit uh, deeper this time around. And so really listening to it, really analyzing this, I was still kind of on the fence. I think Eddie Solo saved it. And then also, look, this song, it's a run-of-the-numbers love ballad. It's fine. That's what Sammy kind of does. He does it really, really well. He does it better than most out there. And I don't know, maybe I'm just being a sap more these days, uh, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pro-love song. I, I enjoy a good love ballad, and I especially love a good love ballad when it's coming from a really damn good rock band. And, you know, how 
better of a damn good rock band can you get than Van Halen? Am I right? So yeah, by maybe not a huge margin, this is certainly not their best love ballad whatsoever that they would do uh, with or without um, Sammy, but uh, it's still a good, a decent Van Halen love ballad. And that is as you can't really ask for too much more than that. This certainly couldn't have gone completely off the rails or they could have sounded a little bit like they really didn't want to be there. As you say, the producer sort of kind of stitched the band back together because according to Sammy, they were just kind of on the outs. So this song could have been just nothing, just absolutely nothing. But obviously it meant a little bit more. They did a, it, it was a single for God's sakes. There's a video this song maybe doesn't belong in their top 10, but it certainly belongs in the conversation when you talk about Van Halen ballads, at least to me. That's how I feel about this song. It is, in fact, what dreams are made of. Corey, do you think that not enough is what dreams are made of, or was there just not enough dream to go around? I'm a sucker for a good ballad, just like I'm a sucker for a good riff. And last week's songs, DOA had a killer riff. So as soon as you hear that riff, I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking in all the way. Uh, I'm a sucker for a good ballad. Uh, like I said, and I'm probably wrong. I, I think this would have been a tremendous hit, late 80s, early 90s. 95, you know, the music landscape had changed, you know, never mind to come out. Pearl Jam was big. Uh, all those other bands. And even them, they were kind of on the wane in 95, right? Like that, that, that tide had kind of crested and was kind of coming down. So it was, it was kind of a a different time in music and uh, balance uh, I think largely was kind of by the wayside. I think this song actually charted at number 97, whereas had this come out in 1989, it would have been number one with a bullet. I think it would have been one of Van Halen's biggest songs, but uh, the, the Van Hagar uh, era of the band kind of known for their ballads. Um, actually listening to this here tonight, I would put it near the top end of kind of their ballads. And maybe it's because I've overheard kind of a lot of the other Sammy ballads. And we're obviously going to get to those as we go on this journey. But the listening to it here tonight, maybe I was just in the mood for it. But uh, I really enjoyed Not Enough. And uh, to me, I, I, and again, really impressed Bruce Fairbairn because, you know, there, there are some albums that a band put out where they're on the verge of breaking up, like something like the Spaghetti Incident from Guns N' Roses, where it just feels like you, you, you can almost feel the fractures in the band, maybe. You don't feel that here. And, and that's just a tremendous job by the producer because it sounds like a cohesive band, even though by Sammy's account, they were very close pretty much on the outs at this point. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you said it, you said it all there. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just so crazy that this came out in 95. I guess I really didn't think about it. Uh, the last time we, we listened to a balance song and I was like 95, I just, I think about the era and I think about what was going on in music. And I just, this just, it doesn't seem like it should belong there, but I guess because it's Van Halen, you give him a little bit of a pass. It's kind of like in the uh, early 2000s, might've been the year 2000. I'll have, I'll need a expert fact checker on this one, but when Bon Jovi decided to come back around with it's my life, I mean, that song should not have been in the, in the era it came out. It should not have been as big as a song as it was. And that I would dare say is probably a whole generation's that's their song by Bon Jovi. Um, oh, totally. you know, whereas, 
Whereas a lot of people would say uh, uh, you give love a bad name or even wanted dead or alive, something like that. No, there's a generation out there, maybe even two that think all Bon Jovi did was it's my life. And I got news for you. No. But if you listen to their earlier works, there's not a ton of difference because that's just their formula. Van Halen has their formula. And when uh, Sammy was in the band, like it, love it or hate it. Uh, that's, they had a particular formula and also it worked. So this is, uh, this just kind of makes me, um, it doesn't shock me. It's just really funny that in 95, this would be, uh, the album that they deliver. And, uh, it's my life came out in 2000 and it, it was actually a whole new lease on life for Bon Jovi, uh, because obviously huge to the eighties, early nineties, they did, uh, keep the faith, uh, was kind of in that, you know, uh, when the heck was, uh, I think, uh, New Jersey was 89 and keep the faith was like 93, something like that. And something forgive like that. me if I'm, if I'm wrong, it's somewhere in there. Uh, and, and then they released like these days, another album, uh, you know, kind of on the wane. And then all of a sudden it's my life hit in 2000 and boom, Bon Jovi was yeah. one of the biggest bands in the world again. And they're still riding that wave. Uh, you know, their latest albums haven't been selling that well, but they're still, you know, going on sold out tours. Uh, so they're doing uh, very well off that. Uh, Mark, if you're interested, I know during the song you'd mentioned, we talked about the Rolling Stones readers, uh, poll listing the top 10 lead singers of all time. I found the article. Are you interested mm -hmm. in hearing who the top 10 are? Well, I'm seeing who they have as at number 10 and I'm already like cringing. Really? It's Kurt Cobain. I just, you, you don't think that Kurt Cobain belongs on that list in the top 10 as a vocalist? No, I think he belongs on the list, but not that high. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Uh, number nine, Chris Cornell, which see, geez, this is, I, I don't, okay, come on. Yeah. You, you got to put Chris Cornell on that list, right? Uh, well, yes, but also he, you put him in the top five. What are you, what are <laughs> we doing here? There's got to be eight that much better than Chris Cornell. How about number eight, John Lennon. And arguably the Beatles had like, you know, two lead singers. Cause Paul McCartney sang half the, the singles as well. And George Harrison, a great vocalist in his own right sang in that band too. So I, I would dare say uh, Harrison and McCartney were better vocalists. If we're just talking about vocalists here, I would say they were better vocalists than John Lennon. So that's just my opinion. Interesting. I, I'm a John Lennon fan. I don't know if I'd agree with you there, but all three are pretty close. I, I love them all. Uh, number seven, Eddie Vedder. Eddie got over Chris Cornell. Yeah. That is bold. That's bold. <laughs> Interesting. And over Kirk Cobain. I love it. And I love Eddie. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I, well, I would put Eddie above of Kurt for yep. sure, but uh, it's, yeah, this is a bold move. I feel like there's a bias happening with this, uh, this art, this uh, writer. Ooh, number six. I kind of like Roger Daltrey from the who. <laughs> That's an interesting choice, but okay. I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> and I don't know what, when I think of the who, I think of the lyrics and I think of Pete Townsend and Keith Moon more than I do Roger Daltrey, but Hey, Number six, pretty That's, good showing. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, number five, Jim Morrison. No, this this list is a sham. It's a sham. You're not a fan of Jim Morrison? As a singer, no. As a writer, also no. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, his vocals oozed with sex, aggression, and danger. Sure. <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I think if, there, if there's a name on here, Jim Morrison, top 20, sure. Uh, number five seems a bit much. How about Mick Jagger? I mean, but are we talking about just vocalists in general, or are we talking about most influential? Because I feel mm -hmm. like these are two different things. 
yeah when, when you think of great vocals it, yeah. it's a unique voice and actually i was listening to and i got to give a shout out to our good friends at pot of thunder again their their show this week was on tom petty they did a tom petty song called you wreck me from wildflowers which is one of my favorite tom petty songs right on yeah and, and they were talking about tom petty's vocal stylings because he has great range mm-hmm. But he has kind of a weird delivery. It's very nasally, right? But it's very recognizable. Yes. And, and that's yes. kind of Mick Jagger. I don't know if he's technically, mm-hmm. and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if he's technically a great singer, but he's one of the most recognizable voices, I think, in the world. Yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe that's what this list is doing. Um, because based on the title, it's the best lead singers of all time. So, okay, so I think maybe there's several things being taken into account here. Uh both presentation as well as ability so if that is the case then yeah i'd put mick right where he's at yeah absolutely if you're taking that in consideration without a doubt number three bono bono by his own admission doesn't think he's a very good singer uh and again when you think of u2 songs you think of lyrics and you think of the edge uh they're they're a tremendous band obviously but bono's actual vocal stylings again there's a lot of personality there's a lot in that voice, but technically, is it a great singing voice? With all due respect to Bono, he's wrong because uh, Bono is an incredible vocalist, uh, especially back in his uh, like back in his prime days. He would probably even tell you right now is not are not his prime days, but yet he's still you know when he's not got a broken ankle or something, he still tours. He still goes out there mm-hmm. and performs. Um, I have a buddy who is a diehard YouTube fan, never misses them live whenever they come here or when they're in his hometown of Rochester, New York. Um, that's him and his sister's thing. And every single time he comes back with like, they still got it. Bono still got it. And you know, maybe there's a little bit of bias coming in there, but I tend to believe him because, you know, he's a critical musician. So you just kind of, you give it to him. I love what Bono does. He might not be what is considered to be a great vocalist. Fine. But if we're talking about presentation and we're talking about stylistically, uh, just like we did with Mick Jagger, and if by subsequent we're talking about Jim Morrison here, then Bono absolutely belongs on the list. Number three, I would say, is good. I I might even put him a little bit higher than that. You know what? Uh, If you don't think Bono is a good vocalist, listen to the Joshua Tree, I think. He has so much range on that album, so many different tracks on that album. Probably their best album too, right? It's, but th- it's that is the literally their most popular for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The quintessential Bono album is Joshua Tree. Number two, mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury. And I'm thinking, how the hell is he just number two? Because for, right. for, for most people, including myself, as a big Queen fan, Freddie Mercury has got to be the greatest vocalist of all time, doesn't he? I mean, male rock vocalist, perhaps. Perhaps there's a lot of, I mean, I would say there's a lot of people in contention for that, but Ooh, he's, he's damn near close. Put actually putting him at number two is, is a good spot, but now I'm terrified as to who they might put at number one, which might really just, I don't know, eat, uh, to the listeners at home, you might witness a, a full meltdown. I don't know. We'll, we'll who, see who would what you guess? Here. Who would you guess is number one on the Rolling Stone readers list of the top lead singers of all time? God, well, if you're putting, well, if they put Lennon over at, uh, what was he, like seven or eight or something? Yeah, he was right, right up there, yeah. All right, and if they put uh, <laughs> the guy they're named after, the or the band he's <laughs> in, uh, Mick Jagger at, like, number four, and Freddie Mercury is at number three? Freddie Mercury is two. The, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 right, right, two. Yep. Oh, God. 
part of me thinks they're going to put like someone like Michael Jackson at number one. No, it's Weird Al Yankovic. No, I'm just kidding. Although, that, I mean, that- <laughs> I love me some Weird Al, but number one, Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. Oh, well, of course. Okay. All right. Based on how this list has gone just in this top 10 right here. Yeah, sure. Okay. I get it. That's that I would be really mad if Robert Plant was below a few of these people, mm-hmm. um, especially Jim Morrison. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm sorry to all you Doors fans. I am not, I am not, I'm just not. <laughs> um, I, I think that band is incredibly overrated, but it's fine. It's fine. I understand it's influential uh, uh, aspects, especially for Jim, for a lot of people. So, you know, I actually, I think the movie starring Val Kilmer was amazing. So there we go. There you go. Um, Robert Plant at number one. Yeah. I'm actually more surprised. Uh, a few others didn't make this top 10 list. Like, um, Axl Rose, like, well, no, I'm not that surprised. I'm surprised Prince didn't show up on this list. I'm surprised, yeah. uh, Ozzy Prince Osbourne's not there. on this list. Ozzy should maybe be there. And yeah. Wilson, I think has got to be on that list. Right. Stevie Nicks. Right. I would okay. put on that list. Cause this is not gender specific. This no. is just lead singer. Okay. Then absolutely. And Wilson belongs on that list. This is, uh, this is a sham. This list is a sham. I'm sorry. <laughs> nope. Sorry, Rolling Stone. You fucked up. You fucked up. You heard it here first. Mark and Meyer said so. But yeah. But, you know, such a, a thankless task. There have been so many great lead singers and so many great. Uh, I want to see their list of the greatest frontmen of all time because that's when you're going to get the David Lee Ross of the world on there. And uh, oh, Freddie yeah. Mercury, I think, still belongs on that list. And Robert Plant still belongs on that list. And Mick Jagger oh, should yeah. maybe be at the top of that list for crying out loud. But. That's a whole other conversation, Mark. We should probably start winding down here. Um, we I, should, I, yes. I love when, when the fans <laughs> reach out and offer constructive criticism and and, and compliments. And I want to uh, just uh, highlight a few. Uh, Sean Geek and the Fast Fret Podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to their show, please go find it and do it. They're tremendous. Um, they, they've completely caught up uh, on all of our shows. And, and they're joining us. Yes. They, they said they're in for the long haul. And I, and I can't wait. I love it when they interact with us and, and let us know what they think of the songs. Uh, another guy who's kind of going through the entire list of us here is a, a fellow by the name of Michael Green. We mentioned him last show uh, because he loved Dirty Water Dog, and we're like, how? Uh, <laughs> but he, he's listened to a few more, so I just want to go through his rankings. Uh, it's about time. Oops, I just lost my thing. It's about time. Uh, don't hate, don't love, middle. And we were very high on that song. I It gets mm. stuck in my head, and I love that song. That's just a personal preference. Uh, Honey Baby, Sweetie nice. Doll, he gave a thumbs up to, which I did as well. You did not like it. Um, no, learning it to See, he liked which is a song I really hated. Uh, so uh, Michael Green, <laughs> definitely on your side on learning to see. Inside, he did not like. He's on the same uh, page as us. Out of Love Again and Eruption, he gave double thumbs up. Also called it the best show yet. I call it the Chris L Factor. Chris L from Pot of Thunder was on. He does an amazing job. Please go listen to Pot of Thunder if you're not doing it. It's the best rock and roll podcast in the world. Uh, and he really classed up our, our, our shitty show. And Big Fat Money, uh, he gave a thumbs up to as well. So that's... Uh, Michael Green's ranking uh, thus far. And actually, uh, to, f- to finish off your mark, uh, we got a tweet just a couple hours before recording tonight. Uh, the uh, count is Airhead3. Follow him at Airhead3, a new follower. Uh, and this is his tweet. Quote, working through the backlog and enjoying the Van Halen journey. F- first of all, thank you very much. He gets it. We're not yeah. spouting facts. We're going on this journey. We're rediscovering Van Halen. Thank you so much. Um, he's through episode eight, and he says, quote, I have to say, though, Mark's Honey Baby Sweetie Doll equals new metal, therefore outdated and not good, was a super reductive take. 
count me team Corey on this one. Like, yes, somebody is on my side on one song on this podcast. I love it. Thank you, Airhead 3, and suck it, Mark Kamar. I guarantee you that is not the only time people have been like, no, we're team Corey. Like even, even the ones that we both agreed on, I guarantee you they're like, no, nah, Corey made better points. Like Mark's just talking out his ass, which you're, you're not totally incorrect. Sometimes it's fine. That's fine. It's, it's, it is what it is. That's uh that's an interesting take from, uh, from, from you, sir. Uh, but uh, we just appreciate you listening. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening and for interacting and, uh, and letting us know what you thought of the show and, we, we hope you'll stick with stick with us. Like I said, we're, we're learning as we go. We're, we're experiencing more about this band. And some songs, younger Corey might have not liked, is now listening to these songs with a fresh set of ears and really enjoying them. And here's another one. Uh, back in 95, I might have been a little jaded when it came to the kind of the power ballad. But tonight, sitting here with you, my friend Mark, with a, with, with my, my Coke Zero and my whiskey, uh, after a rough week at work, thinking, yeah, that, that song just kind of hit all the right spots for me. How about you? It did. It absolutely. I'm got my uh, again my post St. Patty's Guinness right here. What's left? Uh, and I'm just yeah. I'm always in the mood for hearing good tunes, and even if those tunes aren't necessarily new, if I haven't listened to them before, it's new to me. And uh, or if it's a song that I haven't uh, uh, gone back to in a long time, then you know I I look at it as pretty fresh. And so this was fresh. This was good. And it's. I, it's Sammy. It's Sammy, man. We, we manifested a Sammy tune, a, a good Sammy tune as well. So what more can you ask for? I can certainly ask for no more than that, except for I would ask Corey, tell the people where they can find you on the social medias. You can find me at CD Morset on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at Podcast Will Rock on Twitter and uh, podcastwillrock.com. And you can also find me doing an Aerosmith show with my good buddy, John Mariano, that's dropping every Wednesday called Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. So uh, we're now two songs into that one on our journey, over 300 songs of Aerosmith. So that's been a ton of fun. Mark, where can the fine folks find you? And always remember, when John says, join my cult, just say no. Uh, Colt Mariano will not win. <laughs> you can find me talking more about that on Twitter and Instagram at Mark the Bat. Uh, thank you to everyone who came out to the Women to the Front show at the Mercy Lounge. Uh, it is a venue that is uh, that has now officially uh, closed down. That was uh, one of the last shows of the venue. So a little bit of Nashville is dying away one bit at a time. That's a sad, sad thing. But we appreciate uh, everyone coming out to that. Thank you so much for the kind words. And uh, yeah, be on the lookout for all the stuff coming up down the pipe. Maybe I've got some more gigs you can come up to if you're in the Nashville area. Maybe Corey's got some more podcasts he's going to be on because, hey, he's got a Van Halen one. Uh, we've just been talking about Night Ranger a whole bunch, and uh, <laughs> you, you never know. You just never know. Tune into that. I'm sure you'll be able to find it on the Deep Dive Podcasting Network because uh, they are just very inclusive people with a bunch of awesome shows and you definitely need to check every one of them out that's what we do here and this has been and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later later